Hi, I'm Adam. I'm Kai. And I'm Alan. This is We Like Games. Adam likes games. Cool. Right, cool. Nailed that one. Yeah, that went well. Uh, so much enthusiasm. Should we say what this is? <laughs> that this is a podcast? Well, I think that's pretty clear, right? All right. All right. I don't know. Do we want to do that? I guess so. You are probably listening to this through your podcast player, and I mean, you've probably deduced <laughs> that yeah, this the, is a podcast. The, 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 po- the likelihood of this being a podcast is relatively high. I just thought we're talking about that. We're like making a games podcast, three people who like games, not... Not extreme hardcore gamers, just people who enjoy playing video games for fun. Yeah, I think yes, that's, indeed. That's we like talking. Well. We like talking about games, and so we're gonna we're gonna do it in a more uh, I don't know what do you want to call it officially recorded uh, manner. I guess yeah. structured in quotation marks. I don't know. I don't know how structured we will be, um, but I think the general. <laughs> well, based on the last three minutes of our recording, eh. <laughs> yeah. But I think in general we're gonna try to keep it to. A core topic that we want to talk about um, in the episode, in each episode, and then we will have a second part of the show, which will be a segment where we're talking about a game that we've been playing throughout the last month or so, or just a game that we all enjoyed playing that we want to discuss a bit more. Um, and those two are separated by a mini segment, which is not really a segment; it's more of a quiz slash some kind of fun game that we, the three of us, can play together. In audio form. So that will be interesting. It's The first one will be more of an experiment, and then we iterate based on how much of a, a train wreck that will be. <laughs> <laughs> and it will keep getting better each each episode. <laughs> well, Adam is... Uh, uh, Adam is optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get started. This is uh, episode one, of course, and so, Malin, you're going to talk a little bit about uh, some meaning behind that. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously we named this ep- the episode is number one because that's just chronological order. But we thought it could be fun to um, find a fact related to the episode number one and also related to games. So what I've been doing this week is to prepare some fun oh, information. We- well, I did it through the, for the last hour or so. Mm. Um, I've been preparing some information um, about something in the game world that's related to episode one or one so i'm gonna talk to you about the first video game that the, the seemed to be first video game ever created do you guys know what this is the, my part is the quiz show what are you doing uh, I'm just asking if you know oh, what it is is there overlap <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so um but i think many people seem to think that the first video game was pong officially mm-hmm. but there have been some uh, some people claiming that there was another game called uh, Tennis for Two. Have you guys heard okay. about this? So we're starting episode one with a controversy. <laughs> it's not the controversy. It's a, it's a lot of people on the internet believing this. <laughs> uh, doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. Um, but yeah, the first video game to be created for entertainment purpose, and not for, not for like a scientific re- research purpose, uh, was a game called Tennis for Two. And this was a game that was created in October 19, or it was debuted, I guess, in uh, October 1958 by a, physici- uh, by a physicist uh, called William, I'm going to get this last name wrong, uh, Highbottom? Highbottom? Highbottom. Hi- Highbottom. <laughs> okay. Uh, H-I-G-I-N-B-O-T-H-A-M. Highbottom. Cool. Yeah. Close enough. 
Yeah. All right. And how did it work? So it was basically like, it's not really like Pong. It's like uh, you have like, a, it's basically like looking at a tennis court from the side, like horizontal mm. tennis court. And then you basically have like this pillar standing up in the middle of the screen. And then you have to bounce a ball from one side to the other. Uh, so it's a two-player game. Um, it didn't keep score for you. So you had to keep count of the score yourself in order to do this. But this was not really meant to be like a breakthrough game and the interesting thing is that this is something that he basically just created for an exhibition at the um, Brockhaven Natural Laboratory so they had an open house when they had to show some exhibition on um, the work they're doing and on um, some of the instrumentation that they're doing or some of the instruments that they're having and William seemed to have thought that the rest of the exhibition, the existing exhibition was pretty dull in his words. Um, and he wanted to make something that people are excited about and something that's a bit more of an interactive demonstration. And that's when he. So it's essentially made it. Pong in fancy with like actual physics. <laughs> yeah, so it actually has physics. So the funny thing is that two, I think two years later, he made a follow up game where you could actually decide how much uh, gravity you wanted in the game. So you okay. could decide if you want to play on Earth, Moon, or March. Uh, Mars, which was pretty cool. Right. And was this was this kind of like a dedicated piece of hardware, or was this something that ran on some old so mainframe had, computer system or something? So he had a like an analog. Apparently, it started out on an analog computer that they had in the lab for solving other mathematical problems. And as part of, like, one of the problems that you could solve with this was, like, um, I think projecting, like, how a ball would bounce and it could be used for, like, projecting, like, like motions of, uh, of like, a, like a ball. And then he thought that this could actually be something that you could make into a two-player game and make it more interactive. And then they put it together. I think it took them about two weeks to build, like, put the whole piece together. Um and yeah, it was just meant to be like one thing for this exhibition, and then people forgot about it. And then um, more what was the input? renowned. Like, what was the input device? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't have that much time to look <laughs> into this. Um, but there is a guy um, who now I think he worked at a laboratory in 2008, and he recreated this. So there is a YouTube video where he recreates the whole game. So we can put it in the show notes. All right, cool. Oh, cool. Hmm. So that's one thing I was going to ask: is there's no. Uh, the the original game doesn't exist in any form that anyone has mm. maintained or anything. Is that true? Yeah, it doesn't. No, no, it didn't. So um, this person who now who recreated in two thousand eight, he seemed to have basically looked at like I, I guess some documentation, but he had a picture of how it used to how it used to look, and then he tried to recreate it from that. Um, but yeah, they didn't seem to keep it around or anything. Uh, I think a few years later, they wanted to mix up their exhibition and they wanted to make something else. So they sort of retired the game. It was very popular for the first couple of exhibitions because people thought it was this like fun thing that they could play at there. Uh, but then they just wanted to show up some, show off some other technology. So then they changed it up. And then video games started becoming popular and people have, I think people interviewed him afterwards and asked him, uh, about the game and then it became more known but it was never really meant for him he was never really interested in being part of the game scene i think i don't think he really believed it being as revolutionary as it was um 
Yeah. There's also another contender, the cathode ray tube amusement device. All right. It's another contender <laughs> for first. So as I said, this is this is going to be controversial. I know, I know. That's why I tried to get all the information right. I tried looking into this, but yeah, it's it's always like as soon as something is known or famous, I think it's hard. Like people always try to think that they invented the the first one of something or it's it will always be this controversial right? like no what is a video game and how it qualifies as a first video game if it wasn't intended for this purpose like what is it and also but this no was one cared like, right no one yeah. cared about yeah, exactly. playing games on an on an uh cast out right tube before yeah so but no what i liked about this it. is that it was for recreational purpose only so yeah. i feel like that's yeah. a good definition I like the name too. You know, you would think by default they would just call it tennis, yeah. something yeah. boring. But he actually had kind of a cool, you know, marketing angle. You know, tennis for two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Let's see how controversy uh, the number two will be next <laughs> next episode. All right. Should we start with our main topic? Yeah. Origin story. Yeah. Yep. I yep. love the name That's of this topic. Cool. <laughs> story. So I think since this is our first episode of We Like Games, um, it makes sense for us to talk a bit about like how we get into games and why we like games and what type of games we're playing. Um, and I think a good summary of that is origin story. Um, so I guess it makes sense to just talk about what we played first. Yeah, so Adam, since you have the longest one, <laughs> do you want to start? Uh, sure, sure. Isn't that a nice way of saying you're the oldest? Yeah, I am. I am the old man of the of the group for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I definitely uh, if you if you kind of consider maybe not the first video games, but the the the. Um, Are you going to talk about the tennis for two experience you've had? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just mean like if you if you kind of consider sort of the the early era era of first video games uh, when they kind of entered the public consciousness as sort of being mid to late 70s is mm -hmm. sort of uh what i consider that and i was uh you know i was i was at the age seven or eight years old where that you know was very 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 interesting to me so mm -hmm. it was like a per perfect timing being kind of that age that kids might get into video games in the first place and you know video games were essentially uh, if not being invented certainly uh you started to see mm -hmm. them at arcades and stores and things like that so um Yeah, so it's kind of there were around this time. I'd say there were there were sort of. I'm not going to get the timeline right, so I'm just going to kind of mush it all together. But the, there were sort of like four Until different you hit elements. Until the early 90s, none of us can correct you, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was kind of four elements happening at the same time. There was um, you started to see video games in arcades, or even before arcades, more like at at a bar. There'd mm -hmm. be some restaurant, and it would have some bar, and they would have a tabletop pong game or Space Invaders, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. That that was that we would start to see that and. Uh, after dinner when we'd go out to dinner um my brother and i would beg my parents if we could go you know have a quarter and go play pong after mm -hmm. while they had coffee or whatever and uh around the same time the early consoles um the ones that were specifically interesting to me and my friends were the uh atari 2600 and the mm -hmm. intellivision and before we got those consoles we argued endlessly about which one we were going to get and which one was better and which one had the better games and which one had the better graphics and all of that. So how did you make um, a decision on which one to get back then? 
Uh, I don't know. We it, w- it was kind of just what you were most... <laughs> this is the mid-70s purchase advice segment of our <laughs> show. Yeah. What I ended up getting, what my, my first home video game console was the uh, uh, was the Mattel in television, okay. which was sort of the, okay. the main competitor to the Atari 2600. Mm-hmm. There were other video game consoles that were kind of lesser known, but the, the, the uh, kind of, I'd say, the first major video game rivalry was between those uh, two consoles and mm-hmm. the Atari 2600 came out earlier. Its graphics were way cruder, but it had licensed arcade games. Like it had mm-hmm. Space Invaders and it had Pac Man and it had, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, these games that you could play in the arcade. And of course, they were crappy, crappy versions mm-hmm. of them, but that was like really compelling because I think at the time we all felt like. The arcade games were like the real video games. They were the the okay. best technology, and um, the Intellivision console though definitely had better graphics and better capabilities than the Atari. It was it was significantly better, but they kind of lagged um, as far as you know licensed mm-hmm. arcade mm-hmm. games. Um, so uh, yeah, we got the Intellivision, which uh, you know definitely I, I don't regret. I still uh, have a huge. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. A huge area of of, of this, my nostalgia for early games uh, is connected to the Intellivision. Actually, uh, a few years ago, my wife uh, bought me a uh, Intellivision or a, a real one oh, really? and with a oh, bunch wow. of games. Yeah, from eBay. She heard me talking about it hmm. uh, one day about how I wanted one, and she surprised me as for that's cool. for a cool cool birthday present. Mm. Oh, that's really nice. Was our arcade ever a big part of your life? Like going to a cave. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I mean, that was uh, once once you kind of got once arcades started to be a thing that happened, which I think initially that wasn't the case. You just mm-hmm. found games sort of in in restaurants or bars. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we wanted to go to the arcade all the time, or we wanted to go to some something like um, like Chuck E. Cheese, which was a pizza place mm-hmm. that also had an arcade, and that you know that was. I probably went to the arcade once a week. Oh, uh, really? Oh, wow. From, you know, well, well I, sh- I should say, once I was old enough where my parents would let me ride my bike to the arcade, <laughs> then I'd at least go once a week. And, you know, you, you look around uh, your house for any spare chains that your parents have <laughs> left around and, you know, get together with your friends and say, oh, I have, I found two quarters. And it's like, all right, I have four quarters. All right, we'll go to the arcade and we'll, we'll combine and, and we'll each play, you know, three mm-hmm. games or whatever. So, Yeah, in, in Germany, there was a problem with that. In Germany, they considered arcades, like games in arcades to be gambling. Oh. And therefore, they did. the minimum age was 18. Oh. So arcades were just not a thing for, like in general, there were very few arcades. Mm-hmm. And if so, you couldn't go there as a kid. So completely okay. ruined that part of the the video game history and Worst culture. Worst childhood in, ever. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but w- were you aware that arcade games existed? Yes, because, I mean, I've left Germany every now and then, and other countries <laughs> had arcades, and they had, like, those machines in restaurants, like when we went for, like, holidays somewhere, and even in other places in Europe. And there was a restaurant, and then they just had, like, a Street Fighter or, or like, other arcade games. I guess like, something like more modern si- and Street Fighter would be a bit brutal for being like I, I see why they would have an age limit on that for other reasons <laughs> well it was it was all right yeah. it's not model combat um but yeah so I, I i in my mind i always connected arcades with other countries like i connected arcades <laughs> mm. with spain or or other countries that we went to for holidays mm. rather than a thing that you could do at home <laughs> 
So it's right, it's a very right. different uh, experience I had with those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, definitely in those early days the the best games were the arcade games. Mm. I mean, they mm. were the, the most colorful. I mean, everything out in the home console world was. Uh, horribly crude in comparison, mm. and so, uh, so I, I don't think I, I guess that's kind of changed a bit over the years. But definitely in the early days, the arcade games were the the yeah. real games. Yeah. So did you continue I, going to the arcade after buying like a home console? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So the, the the home consoles that I the, like the Intellivision, I probably got that when I was nine or ten, and <laughs> I pr- I probably continued to go to arcades through like mid teenage years mm, okay. um at, at a certain point i think arcades uh once computer games became a big thing then it kind of felt more like the best games were on your computer yeah. and arcade games seemed a little like something that younger kids mm. did and okay. so you know interesting mm. so at what point did computer or consoles replace arcades for you in your life um probably it happened gradually, but you know, my my one of my first computers was the Commodore sixty four, which mm-hmm. I probably got when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and of course, I was really into learning how to program and stuff at that point. So I mm-hmm. I used it for that, but also obviously gaming on that was was huge, and I think that's you know uh, that's an era when. Um, a young teenage kid like myself, you know, you didn't, let's just say you didn't have to actually have the money to purchase games to uh, <laughs> be able to uh, have them on your computer. Yep. And uh, I had a group of friends that we just constantly collected and traded and played played games on the computer. And mm. probably that's when, yeah, arcades, it was, it was still a thing. I mean, there's definitely some overlap. There wasn't just a... Uh, a clean transition from mm-hmm. one era to another. I think it was when I went to college and there was an arcade at college that I went into it and really realized, wow, I am completely out of touch. <laughs> uh, that's kind of when like fighting games were a big deal in arcades. I think arcades became more popular for uh, g- games like that, like fighting games where you're playing against someone else, where it's more of a a social uh, thing. Not Not that playing computer games at home mm. wasn't social in its own way, but it was, uh, and, and that's when I realized, yeah, I'm kind of done with arcades, I think. <laughs> mm. All right. Yeah. Those kind of older home entertainment things, I, I've never experienced for Like, I, I started with owning game hardware relatively late, mostly for financial reasons in my family. Yeah. So I experienced a lot of that through friends. Like, I had mm-hmm. friends that had, like, I don't know, all those game machines i've never heard of like the commodore and like they had they basically had everything they were i, I always like going <laughs> to those friends uh, yeah. mostly for their their crazy like i went there almost every day mm. um i yeah. like the friend but also the the game's help <laughs> yeah we um, also had like i also had those neighbors that just had every console as soon as it was released a new mm. console came they, as soon as it came out they got a new one and it was always like oh what what new fun thing do you have this time yeah and it was like a never ending because there was no internet that i could have looked up what what even exists right so for <laughs> me their their home was my access to what exists in the world of video games so uh they had they even had like all the older ones that that they released before before I was born, I had just, I don't know, from memory, I, my, my, my memory is probably exaggerating, but I think they had four 
uh, monitors next to each other with like different generations of games and then they had another room for the older brother and they See, this is exactly what my neighbors were like too <laughs> it's uh, i don't know I, I i always like looking back at it it feels like i never realized back then how many like how many things they actually had i know um, yeah but yeah yeah it felt like they actually did have like every generation <laughs> of consoles and now i'm also thinking i always thought it was the kids that wanted the games but now thinking back at it i know the like I know the parents of my friends a bit more. I'm like, oh, clearly the parents just wanted to try those games out. And I think in my like many of my friend circles, many of the parents of uh, of my friends were actually like really into game, or they might even be like they might have been developers and they were just interested at playing those things because it was part of their yeah. work. Mm. Um, but back then, I thought it was sort of more for the kids' sake. But I think yeah, yeah you're not they, really <laughs> analyzing the uh, exterior motives yeah. that people might have. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if like a family has one video game system, then it's it's for the kids. But when they <laughs> have multiples or yeah. they have kind of the most advanced uh, stuff, always it's. Yeah. The parents are involved somehow. Yeah. 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 So for me, the first console that I actually owned, or, well, technically I didn't own it initially. Okay, that um, sounds very sketchy. Um, <laughs> was the Sega Mega Drive, as it was called in Germany, or the Genesis, as it's uh, named in the US. I don't even know why why they have different names. Uh, it's kind of confusing. Um, it's because Mega Drive's a horrible name. <laughs> <and that's laughs> but it kind of flows, Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, I like Sega Mega Drive. It, it sounds sounds made up, but it flows. Oh, so you, so you don't say it's Sega Mega Drive, you say Sega, Sega Mega, Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah. Sega Mega Drive. It's like consistent cadence. Don't, don't change pacing. <laughs> um, but for me, that part of my game history was super all over the place. It didn't didn't really follow a chronological order. So I because the Mega Drive or the Genesis was my sister's, um, and she bought it for columns. Mm. I don't know if either of you have heard of that game. Yep, you showed it to me this morning. What? what sorry, what game? Co- colors? Column? Columns. Columns. Co- col- columns. Yeah, it's a it's a Tetris like yeah. match three or more game. Um, and that's what my sister bought it for. And then uh, she started getting, she started dreaming about the sound effects in the game. And for her, that was a cue that that is too much playing. So she never touched the machine again. So then it became mine, which uh, was all right. I didn't mind that. Um, and then I played like all all the uh, Genesis games on there. Like all, I, I got really into Sonic and played those games. Uh, I, I basically whatever I could get my hands on. Friends of mine had had uh, Mega Drive for a longer period than I had, so I could borrow a lot of games, so that was fun. But then, a few years later, uh, someone brought a... I think my father's uh, partner at the time, she had the the previous generation, the uh, Master System, and then I played that. It wasn't really that I, I cared at that point. I just... I was excited about new things, even if they were actually older. They were just new to me. Did you ever have a console in that generation? Me? No. Um... So you, you'll find this uh, shocking, and uh, I'm not I'm not proud of it. But sort of during the um, the NES, Super NES, and Sega Genesis eras, I had sort of uh, distanced myself from console gaming. I mean, right. uh, I, I think I think I was uh, like in my early twenties, and like I had roommates who had those systems so i was mm-hmm. we would play them i wasn't like completely uh, unaware but i was just very much into computers and computer games at that point and so i didn't i didn't really get back into consoles again until the uh nintendo 64 oh really sort of my, okay. yeah yeah 
Did you have... So you, you switched... At that point, you were mostly playing PC games. Around the early 90s, what do you play on... on well, let, let's, hold, let's hold up before we get too too far into this, because I, I want to hear from, from Malin and kind of her uh, her origin story and how that fits in. I think Mal, we're not at Malin's part of the timeline yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Are we not up to Malin in the timeline? I we're, we're barely... I think we're not even at Malin's birth yet. I'm on your timeline. Sure. <laughs> Um, no, but I think it's not in the same timeline, but I, I was thinking just earlier this week, trying to think about like what, what actual first memory I have from playing a video game. And like, of course I have like, I remember playing, um, oh, what is it called in, in English? Um, Harpan. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is just gibberish. What? Harpan? Ah, um, Solitaire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so, like, that's something that I obviously like remember playing a long time ago. But I think I, the earliest memory I have was actually I think it was an Atari um, twenty six hundred. Mm-hmm. I just really remember the like joystick and the red buttons on it and oh, the yeah. cartridges. Yeah. Um, but it's like I and I have like this vague memory of playing this game with my brother and like it was super fun and we had those games. But then was sort of. I think something went wrong with the Atari and then we put it on the shelf and like it was, I don't even know where we got it from. I have a feeling someone just handed it down to like our family when me and my brother were born and then we just played it. Um, but I thought it was like, it was something that I really enjoyed, but I have such a vague memory of it. So I think the things that I have the strongest memory about is, uh, like the PlayStation one era or the GameCube era. Um, and, yeah, then, of course, I was also still, like, playing a bit with... I think I played with uh, Nintendo 64 on um, my, like, neighbors and friends' consoles. But the first one mm-hmm. we actually had in our household that was, like, a new console was the PS1. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't mine. It was my brother's. But I still really enjoyed playing on it. So I played uh, Crash Bandicoot, which I thought was really fun. Um, I just thought it was a really, like, cool... Like, the, the World Runner game i really enjoyed that part and spyro i think was one of the games i really enjoyed as well because it was like it was this like it felt like a really quite a modern graphic game it was this really cute dragon i think it was just like a really approachable game that was still like it was still quite a long game and quite a quite a lot of things to it and quite a lot of elements to it there were some but like back then i thought some parts were difficult as well um so i thought that was fun um it's weird uh all those kind of games i i only barely touch because it was the period of time where most people would have to pick one or the other right it was either you have a playstation or you have a nintendo 64 yeah yeah roughly the same um at least in in my life that's what people had to decide between and then me and my friends decided going to the Nintendo route. So yeah, there was I think that's I think that seems good. Like now if I play if I play like if I would pick up any old game, I would pick up pick up like old Nintendo games. But I guess that's because I never really played them back then. But I found like those to be very enjoyable now. Like play old Mario games and play Super Smash Brothers and those things. But yeah, I'm definitely still thinking about buying the remastered version of Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Uh, since it those games just always now. felt rougher somehow. I like felt the like Nintendo the art style was definitely rougher. It's not as... Uh, that's why I say, like, Spyro was a bit different, but, like, Crash Bandicoot was always, like... Uh, what do you say? Like, it was just... The art style was more... 
<laughs> low poly, so everything looked meaner. Yeah, everyone looked really angry. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, seem to have also targeted with the art style a slightly older audience than I was. Yeah, I feel like it was a bit more targeted. Like, I think my brother definitely enjoyed more than I. I enjoyed the gameplay, but I didn't really enjoy the characters. I think it might have been, yeah, like a little bit older generation because he was he was older than I. But yeah, so I, I did enjoy these games, but I, I felt like I was... Um, I was missing out a bit on all of the Nintendo games because I didn't have the console, but luckily I had friends whose parents really enjoyed them, so I could play some of those as well. Yeah. So for me, the first console I actually owned that I didn't uh, somehow acquire from my sister being too scared of video games uh, was the Game Boy. That was kind of the oh, first yeah. thing. Um, and then I'd forgotten to even think about the... Yeah, uh, handheld oh, yeah. Uh, so systems. That's something I thought of too. I mean, this is after Game Boy, but something that I really enjoyed was Snake. Oh, yeah. Like the, the mobile games. Are you going into Snake? mobile gaming yeah. already? I didn't even think of mobile <laughs> games when I started to compile this list, but like Snake was something that I played so much. It was like one of the main reasons I had a phone. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it was Game Boy and then the Pokemon games were just a mm. mm-hmm. couple of summers and and autumns and winters spent on that game a <laughs> couple of years yeah and then the first home console was the nintendo 64 that i actually owned and it was fun i got it as a, a birthday present um and the, back then consoles didn't really come with games or even an operating system that you could do anything with so my parents really really not understanding tech at all mm-hmm. uh thought they make me big uh, a big surprise uh buying kai and nintendo 64 so I un- unboxed a Nintendo 64, and then I had a Nintendo 64, Nintendo 64 controller and nothing to play. They, oh, didn't, no. they didn't know you need to buy a game. So I, and it was, I think, a public holiday, and in Germany there, like, nothing is open. So I was sitting there with my first home console, super excited, played it in, like, in supermarkets and department stores. They all, all, always had those kind of... Uh, uh, consoles where you could just play for a while while you're, I guess, while your parents are shopping, but also to sell the console. <laughs> yeah, I think that was. So I already mind. spent like hours going there to play uh, Super Mario sixty four, and I thought now is finally the day where I can start a game myself. Yeah, that was not that day. That was, oh man, that was the next. That's interesting day. because, especially in that era and before, it was it was very common for systems to come with mm-hmm. one one game as mm-hmm. sort of a, a starter. And I think I think he probably even Nintendo sixty four, I think probably did maybe come with a game later on. Like I think I think that's when that era is kind of when they started maybe that when they launched a system it wouldn't come with a game, but then they would kind of bundle them have a, later. Have a, a, I, I don't think they called it a bundle. It was just like, oh now the skew now comes with whatever, Mario sixty four. I think something. the Nintendo sixty four at least in the PAL region never was never ship with the game directly unless you yeah. bought them in some kind of bundle but it also the the, the box art like the the box I, I still remember had like all those games on it so i can totally see why my parents would have thought oh, obviously it comes with games why would i show the games yeah, on the console yeah. if it yeah. didn't come with yeah. any yeah um the the, the the issue was rectified the next day but it felt like a very long 24 hours but you would have been happy with anything right if, if just any yeah, game like- had come with it, you would have been like, awesome, mm. I have something to do and now. even if you could even lo- like turn on the console and see something, I guess it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even realistically, I don't think Nintendo would have sold a lot of uh, Nintendo 64 consoles and not a corresponding copy of Super Mario 64. 
you know, yeah, there's probably yeah. a close to one-to-one relationship between those two sales numbers mm. anyways. You, uh, you guys want to know my shameful secret? Uh-oh. <laughs> Do we? Do we? <laughs> Will this be the first and last episode of We Like Games? I've never played Mario 64. What? <laughs> All right. I never finished it, but I, I, I oh, played man. it a lot. What kind of co-host did I pick? I did. I got. I I owned a Nintendo sixty four, but Aww. I feel like I got it later in its cycle where there were more mm-hmm. better games. Like if you kind of think of Mario sixty four as like the 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 first Nintendo sixty four three D sort of like wow they actually mm-hmm. nailed three D gaming for this system, and then I feel like. Towards the, I mean, because because towards the last half you had everything. You, I mean, first of all, you had yep. you had you had Zelda Ocarina of Time. You had Golden, <laughs> Golden Eye. Again, not there, were just, there were just a bunch of other. Uh, if you like the yep. like yep. uh, Banjo Kazooie, which was mm-hmm. uh, you know similar in vibe to maybe Mario sixty four, but kind of seemed like a Ooh, a better <laughs> version of that kind of game. Well, to yep. me, I, again, I've never played it. Uh, what? Oh. Wow. Okay, yeah. I think that needs to be uh, caught up on at some future episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I just yeah I don't I don't know why I, I think uh, Super Mario sixty four is to this day the game that sticks the best to my memory. I don't think there's a single level I couldn't I wouldn't remember every single part of. Yeah, like, because I, you played it a lot though, right? I, I, yeah, actually? it was the first game I got, and I played it for essentially six months straight with yeah, like small interruptions got... for school and and sleep. I Did guess. you actually get all of the stars? 120 stars. Mm. Unlock the cannon in the in the uh, courtyard. Don't spoil it. Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it was like friends. We I was the first one in, or I was the first one in my friend group to make it to 119 stars. And then everyone came over to, for us to try to get the last star together. There's this carpet level. You have to get 100 uh, gold coins. And because the carpet kind of moves through the level, if you miss one, you can't backtrack. So you have to make ah. essentially all of them in the first try. So that was yeah. the very last star. Man, you should play that game. Such a good game. It's a bit clunky now with the uh, camera controls. Like I've, I've played it recently. I just played into a few levels recently camera controls are a bit clunky but otherwise it still holds up surprisingly all right mm. yeah. yeah but then yeah. zelda Ocarina of time that that christmas that was the next highlight of my video game career that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was the f- one of the first games i got for my nintendo 64 i I'd played other games with at friends and that was sort of the first game that just I Good don't know. Choice. I think my I, my mouth was hanging open the whole time. I was just like, I, I can't believe this game exists. Right? I, 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 I felt By like way, I had... We it. can't spoil that game because Marlon's not finished it. I haven't finished it. Ah, um, yes, yes. See? Yes. Um, we're both as bad. <laughs> yeah, but even just slicing the warning signs with your sword, <laughs> that was just so fascinating at a time that you could slice it in different directions too. Yeah. yeah. It was... It was so, and it, it was the first game I played that... I mean, I guess, would you consider Mario 64, I guess you wouldn't call it open world, but it, it had that, that, that open fi- field that you could kind of go wherever you, yeah, hub world where you mm. go wherever you wanted. And it had that, the first game I played that had that, that feel like, oh yeah. my God, the game isn't, uh, guiding me down a yeah. corridor, a series of corridors. I can, mm. I can go here. I can go here. Mm. I can mm-hmm. go try to explore what's over in this little mm-hmm. corner. And, and there were all sorts of like little surprises and, and, and fun yeah. things. And I just, uh, Hmm. Yeah, 
made me very yeah. happy. Yeah, same. And I, and I was, uh, you know, uh, 28 years old at the time. So it wasn't just uh, <laughs> being a little kid uh, happy at this fun game. I was, you know, yeah. blown away. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit younger, but I was also equally blown away. <laughs> um, but by both Super Mario and then Zelda, it was just such a such a strong... Even if those were the only two games that that would have ever existed on that console, that would have been a pretty good uh, good console. At least in my book. Yeah, I think we can talk for a real long time about old games yeah. that we like. But maybe we should continue. Focus on the highlights. <sighs> All this compiling of my timeline. Um, yeah. For me, the next highlight would be the Dreamcast. Uh, where... Uh, I mean, as a console, not super successful, but as a personal gaming uh, device, I, I enjoyed that console a lot. It was also, coincidentally, the first device in my life that would allow me to access the internet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because So the Dreamcast, I, I, I actually feel like this is also part of an era that I maybe stopped paying as much attention. This was mm-hmm. technically Sega that made the not Dreamcast? Not just technically, yet I was Sega. Mm. But uh, but it was part of some partnership with Microsoft. Or yeah, something Microsoft like that. made that... Windows CE was the operating system on the on the system, but it was a Sega console. But there okay. were Sega consoles before. Why did they need to partner up with Microsoft? So this it? was the first console where, at least the first one I can think of that had like a proper OS where you boot the thing and you see something and you can do things. So you had like a okay. um, a system where you can see your safe games. You could put in a music like a CD, music CD, and play music um, and select like the tracks from there. You could see all your save games. You had no. settings. And s- how was the, how was that working with your save games? Because I remember with the um, PS1, you needed to have like separate cards for mm-hmm. saving. Did you need that as well? Yeah, but on the Dreamcast, they, the, the that Dreamcast console overall was a bit crazy hardware? in a lot of ways. You had a okay. controller and you would slide... The, the memory, the VM, yeah. they called it, into yep. the controller, and it had a small display on it. So you actually oh. had a display on the controller as you played the game, okay. and you can take out the VM. That's what they call the, the memory what stick What does thing. the VM stand for? Virtual machine? I don't know. Okay. Um, and you, they actually had a small um, D-pad on it and two buttons. So you could actually play small games depending on where you are in the game, and then oh. that progress might make it back into the game. So for example, might all, make it back. Not all games had that. Some <laughs> of them just had mini games that you would unlock, so mm. you could play them. But and then you play with the VM and use the screen on the VM directly. That's right. Oh. And it was a tiny thing. Yeah. But it was kind of cool, right? You, yeah. you basically got another cool gaming device that mm. you could take with you. And some games like uh, Sonic Adventure, you had like those kind of chew... What are they called? Chew... Let's go with that. Uh, some kind of small blob creatures. And you could actually kind of treat them like a Tamagotchi. Oh. So you would yeah. actually like race <laughs> Isn't them. Is Tamagotchi and feed a game? Them. Yeah. Would, would you say that. it's a game? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yes. Yes. Because <laughs> okay. I'm all for, I, I, I'm, I'm all for having a very in- inclusive definition of, of, <laughs> okay. of games. Okay. Um, yeah. So you could kind of have those kind of small creatures and kind of race them on your mobile and gaming device and feed them and give them stuff and then put it back in your game and they would be bigger and stronger or something that's pretty cool that was kind of cool yeah it was an interesting idea but yeah you needed that thing and that mm. thing obviously needed a battery because it had screen and stuff so it wasn't like super convenient but it was kind of cool mm. and the thing had internet i i played fantasy star online like my first online multiplayer 
uh, RPG. It was fascinating. You could just jump into a world and there would be random people that <laughs> steal your stuff. What? <laughs> they would steal your stuff because <laughs> the loot was basically free-for-all. So oh, anyone could just yeah. grab stuff. That's or right. They didn't have a trade system initially. <laughs> so you would drop the item on the ground. Like people would stand in, next to each other <laughs> and, and you would like count to three and then one person would drop the money. The other one would drop the item <laughs> and then you'd try to grab it. But if there was like, there were some people that would just drive by and gr- like walk by and uh, steal like this, the money or the item. Well, yeah. Those are early days of multiplayer games. <laughs> yeah. uh, people were equally uh, devious. Now, now did, you, did you pick a, a Dreamcast uh, because you felt like you would own previous Sega machines and you kind of felt this allegiance or not allegiance, but uh, affinity for s- s- just getting whatever the net. I, obviously we skipped the Sega Saturn in our discussions, but uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, was it, was it, was it because it was Sega? Was that- skip the Saturn? Um, yeah, it was, I, I was flip-flopping a lot. So I had to, the Mega Drive had very strong, uh, resonated with me very strongly for Sonic games. And then having Sonic in 3D, that alone sold me on it. And coming from Nintendo 64, I think the Dreamcast was kind of three years later. It seemed like the next leap, and it was released before the PlayStation 2, right? Um, so it just seemed like a sneak peek of the next generation it, with characters that I I like. And I like, mm. like Crazy Taxi was an arcade game that I played once. I was like, cool, that's right. on Dreamcast. I want to play that. Mm. And Sonic and, and Soul Calibur. They just had s- certain games that I was like, all right, this seems like, like a smart choice. And... In hindsight, a lot of people think it was a failed console, but as a kid, I didn't notice. I, I had a blast playing all those games. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, you have the console, you have the games you like. And, and it wasn't a cares. period of time where I could have had more than five games anyway. Like, I couldn't afford more than five games. Mm. I, and the five games I had, or the total pool of eight games that I had in be- <laughs> between me and my friends, was awesome. We, mm-hmm. we just played the games, really liked them, and got through them in like eight years, and then the next console came around. So it didn't feel like a failure at the time. It felt more like this more obscure console that fewer friends had, but everyone really enjoyed. Hmm. Right. Very Makes cool. I, I think you might be the only person I know who had a Dreamcast. <laughs> I still have a Dreamcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Is it the same one? It's the same one, yeah. Nice, mm. nice. All right. Um, so do we want to skip forward a bit and talk about what yeah. type of games we're playing now? Oh, jumping over everything okay what what else is there that you want to talk about the next notable one for me is probably playstation 2 okay okay because i was also curious a bit about um like the wii era of games just because it felt like that was quite innovative at the time but i feel like we might have to skip that to a different episode um Mm. well we can we can maybe we can uh let's let's do a a a quick summary of from where we where we are now in the timeline to where we are now all right. in the timeline <laughs> all right okay <laughs> thanks for clarifying right. that so so so, so Malin, you you would uh where 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 we last <laughs> left off with you i think you were playing uh spyro and such on the uh on the playstation yeah what's uh what came after that yeah so i think the f- um the console that i personally owned after that was probably the Xbox 360, but for a long time there in between, I was playing Wii a lot at my friend's place. Um, it was, like, again, I think it was this uh, this friend of mine, she, uh, she was just, like, having a few different game consoles, and she was really into it. And um, when she got the Wii, I thought that was a really cool way of playing games, and it felt so different because it had the whole, like, 
camera that you mounted and then you had the whole like interactive type of games with like Wii Sports and like the party game sort of things. It was yeah. such a different type of game, but I felt like, I don't know, it felt like that really, I feel like the Wii made games accessible to a lot of people and also acceptable by a lot of people so i think if your parents know that you're playing like just sitting down and playing a video game all the time i think they're a lot happier knowing that you're playing a wii uh, because they know that it's somewhat interactive and you might move around a bit and a bit more it's a bit more social in that sense um and that was something that i quite enjoyed a lot just because the mech the mechanics were so different from from anything else um but yeah, I feel I feel a bit like after that, I think I got, like I said, I got the Xbox 360, but at that point, so this was a game, I, I actually won the Xbox 360 uh, through a competition, um, <laughs> but I never actually got many games for it. So I feel like I missed out a bit on the era there. I started playing a bit more, um, I played a few um, like uh, computer games in between there. I think I played um, like GTA and those things. Uh, on computers but in general i never really had like i wasn't really having the like money to spend on like my own video games so it tend to be that i was often going to friends and playing it um but i feel like my like me picking up video games has been more of a relatively recent thing like in the last like like since I turned like 20 I've been playing a lot more compared to like my teenage years because I think when I was a teenager I didn't have that much money first of all and it wasn't really I don't know if it was just like my group of friends then that I didn't play much with but I did definitely have like a few friends that I I played a lot with but it's always hard to play a game when it's not your own Um, so I think now I'm really like much more recent i've been starting to embrace it and have more consoles and play more games at home uh like we have the switch we have the wii we had the wii um we have the playstation and those things so i feel like i'm a bit more of a completionist now while as while i was a teenager i was more like playing for fun at my at my friend's place and i would love to have played more in my youth no because it's awesome because now we can tell you all the games you should play that are awesome (laughs) and they're new to you right that that was always the exciting thing like i i would love to not have played Zelda arena of time so i could play it now that would be awesome yeah 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 i i agree i just feel like i think i would have learned like there's something i want to get into later i think as a person playing video games, like I said, like your parents might think that you're just sitting there wasting time, but I think you're actually learning a lot from playing video games. So I wish I would have played more as a kid. Um, yeah. But I think, therefore, I'm trying to make up for it a lot more now when I'm older, when I'm actually, I can afford my own video games. So yeah, in that era between, I think I didn't play as much as I should have. All right. Very cool. <laughs> I feel like the origin story now has to be like a five-part uh, five-part orange say. Yeah. Well, we'll say that part part one of our origin stories are uh, we'll be we'll we'll say that that's checked <laughs> off. <laughs> now, Kai, I think that you have a uh, a little what do you call it a quiz? So, considering that this is kind of wrapping up the first part of our ma- two main topics, mm-hmm. I thought it would be nice to kind of have something to 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 break. The the um the switch from one tof- topic to another with a, a bit of a fun element. So Woo-hoo. we'll see how much fun it will be. So I prepared. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six questions. Seven questions. I prepared thirty-eight questions. <laughs> um, 
I first thought I had an even number, but Marlon made a good point that uneven means we have a tiebreaker in case you guys tie. Ah. So it's, there is, there's, we, we played a tiebreaker either way because I prepared it and I don't want to <laughs> You're proud of it. <laughs> Cause, cause, I'm yeah. not proud of it, but I didn't want to spend time on something we're not actually doing. So let's just start. So the rules, fairly simple. I give you a question and I give four options because I thought for this it might be easier. We might get into other games in future episodes where the answers are more freeform, but I thought for like a first try, let's do more of a who wants to be a millionaire kind of style. Where I, I want you... to be a millionaire. Is that... <laughs> yeah, you won. One and one. <laughs> Game over. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, have, have, you ever, have you ever seen Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Mullen? Are you, are you aware of the rules? <laughs> Well, this is the Swedish version. <laughs> it's it's, it's yes. not a game with just one question. And oh, that's, okay. that's the question. <laughs> Marlon, Marlon is from a more socialist was, country where, where people yeah. are just giving stuff for free. Yeah. Um, but for I always wonder how people fail at that. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I give you four options. But because obviously there are two contest- uh, contenders, not just one, it actually... The first person who says A, B, C, or D locks in that question, that answer directly. Are you sure about that? Can yep. I'm sorry. Can I can I contest your rules here? Sure. Try. Um, can't we just do instead of having to a- say the answer? Can't we do? I say Malin, Adam says Adam, and then whoever says their name first. No, because the idea is that you have to commit to that answer, and the second person has a li- bit more time to think about it. Okay. But therefore, they, one pick is gone. Okay. Okay. So, question number one. Um, the the game. Pokemon Red and Blue Edition were both released on on the Game Boy. What were the total lifetime sales to this point today of those two combined? So not Red and Blue separate, but them combined um, uh, worldwide. Uh, A, 9 million. B, 24 million. C, 31 million. D, 17 million. You didn't even go in order. No. Wait, can you say it again? <laughs> can you say the options sure, again? Sure, but anyone can jump in at any yeah? point. A, 9 million. Mm-hmm. B, 24 million. C, 31 million. Mm-hmm. D, 17 million. B. C. All right. The correct answer is C, 31 million. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just pick B because that's the most common answer in multiple choice questions? Uh, is I thought C was. No, but I but I I see I thought C was most popular. I thought Kai's not going to go with the most popular. See, that's why I thought it was C. It's not going to be A or D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. I changed that order multiple times, and I actually made it random. So uh, because I couldn't decide either, I was like, "Ah, I don't want to have a bias based on what's common. So so none of this can be meta game because I actually put them in a random uh, number generator or random generator. So the the results are random. So okay. So every answer might be A. Yep, it might be. It's not, but because we already have one with C, but it might be. Uh, All right. So now considering that we kind of have the first Pokemon game, let's do Pokemon Sword and Shield, which was released on... Have I mentioned that I've never played any Pokemon game and I know (laughs) nothing about Pokemon? That's all right. That's why I didn't do Pokemon-specific questions. But we still have to catch up on those two at some point throughout the the lifetime of this podcast. Um, I just thought because there was a lot of debate going on about Pokemon Sword and Shield in particular that a lot of people said they really hate it and they think it was a bad game for what they should have made. Sales were all right, though. So let's go through uh, the the second question, Mm -hmm. which is the latest Pokemon game uh, released um, on the 15th of November. And the sales numbers are up to date to the 22nd, so four days ago. So from the 15th of November to the 2nd 
22nd of November. Yeah, but which year? This year. Like, just now. The Wait, game Pokemon Sword and Shield was oh, just released oh, 11 days ago. Was it released that recently? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's a. Oh, this is hard. Okay. A total sales between the 15th of November and the 22nd of November. Mm-hmm. That's how long we have data for. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, what's the total sales worldwide for, for that game? Mm-hmm. A, 6 million. B, 2.8 million. C, 32 million. D, 950,000. C. Now I can take as long as I need to yeah. to think about yeah. it. Should I repeat the numbers? Yes, yes, please. A six million. B two point eight million. C thirty two million. D nine hundred fifty thousand. C has been claimed. Uh, I, I changed my mind already. Too late. What was A? Nine million. <laughs> six million. Oh, I'm gonna say A. Yeah, I should have said A too. You are correct. A is correct. <laughs> A- yeah, A is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Six million. I was way too ambitious there. I know. I, that's, <laughs> because that's you, put... you sort of said, like, you made it, you sort of hyped it up, and I was like, wait, they're going to have sold may, way more than we expect. But then it was way, way more than anyone. I mean, it is, it is the fastest, well, I think it's the fastest selling video game or Pokemon game, at least, but one of the fastest selling video games ever. It's like, mm. they're, they're selling a lot. Mm. And it's kind of fun, funny to me that everyone complained, oh, it's a, Dumb game they shouldn't have made like that, and then it just sells bonkers. Mm. Um, all right, now it's a tie so far. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, now we keep in in the realm of uh, game sales, but this time we do best selling game ever. And <gasps> I know what this is. All right. Um, and I give you the names. Best selling in what? What? What's the definition of best selling? Best-selling video game. Like made the most revenue? Nope. Sold the most copies? Most copies. Okay. And I give you the names of the games, and then I give you the numbers after. Mm -hmm. All right. So, best-selling video game ever worldwide. A, GTA V. B, Minecraft. C, Wii Sports. B. All right. Marlon committed to Minecraft. Um, C, Wii Sports. D, Tetris. (laughs) It's a really hard one, actually, but I did... I'm going to say... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, no, no, I'm not going to spoil my re- reasoning here. Okay. What are you going to say? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say D, Tetris. Tetris is a good one. I think Wii Sport is disqualified because many people got Wii Sport for free when they bought a Wii. All right, I, I have stories to all of those. Okay. Uh, so, yes, Adam won. Tetris what? is... Yes! So, I looked this up the other day and <laughs> Wikipedia said Minecraft, but maybe it was different. So there's there's a bit of a controversy mm. about how to measure those numbers, mm-hmm. especially with That's Tetris. So the 500 million is combined for Tetris, which is obviously not... You could argue that each Tetris game, despite all being the same game on different platforms, should be counted individually in those kind okay. of things and also over the years. But um, they also released a mobile version that had 420 million paid oh. sales so even if you would exclude all the other sales and only take mm-hmm. the mobile paid version itself that would still be the best-selling video game ever minecraft not not doing too bad at uh, around 180 million copies okay um i agree we sports would have also been uh an interesting one because it was bundled with the console mm-hmm. so their total sales were 82.86 million mm-hmm. which made it the best uh, selling single platform exclusive game in history, mm. but also coming with one of the best selling consoles in history mm. kind of helps with that. Um, and uh, GTA 5. GTA 5 made the most money, right? I don't know. No? 
um, but an impressive 110 million to this day. Yeah, good. So yeah, all of those games selling all right. But Tetris took the the crown. All right. All right. Good job, Adam. Yeah. So now Adam 2, Marlon 1. Mm. Time for you to catch up with the next question of the best-selling console in history. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. So. Is uh, an iPhone a console? No. But you'll hear my, my four options I'm giving you momentarily. Option A, the Wii. Option B, the PlayStation 2. B. All right, Adam committed to the PlayStation 2. I'll continue anyways. Uh, C, Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Those are combined sales. D, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, D, Nintendo and DS. D, D, the Xbox series all combined. <laughs> oh. The Game Boy Game Boy Color is like one, one platform, so I combined those. No, I do feel... Was B I'm, I very Wii? much well might be wrong now that I'm thinking about it. So yeah, I feel like it's still Wii. How many? Which which letter was that? A. No, Wii was C, wasn't it? No, Wii's A, but it doesn't matter. Okay, so same again. It's Wii. Um, A is Wii. B is claimed by Adam with PlayStation Two. C is Game Boy and Game Boy Color, and D is Nintendo DS. No, I feel like it's Wii. Yeah, I'm gonna go with A. All right. So Adam actually did win this. At two. Ah! It is the PlayStation 2 best video game console sold ever. Or best selling video game console ever. Um, the second place is actually Nintendo DS with 154 really? million. So it's oh, very, way. very close. I mean, not that a million in sales is not a decent amount of uh, sales, but the gap is close comparatively. Mm. Um, C with the uh, Game Boy Color. Game Boy and Game Boy Color is at... A mere 118 million. Oh, and so the Wii is only Wii at, is the at worst. around 100. Yeah. Gosh. Oh. Yeah. Only 100 million. Yeah, only 100 million. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I, sh I should mention that I, 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 I thought I knew it was the PlayStation 2 for sure until I heard that you were including the mobile <laughs> consoles. And I thought, oh, man, I forgot about the DS and stuff. Mm. Uh, it, I, I'm happy to have been correct anyways. <laughs> but uh, so I, as I knew that I, I knew as far as like kind of uh, the, the, the big boy consoles that the PlayStation 2 just mm. dominated everything. I really thought that the Wii was sort of what I, I, I expected that to have been a great deal for Nintendo. Because, but then the Wii U was a flop. So I thought the Wii was yeah. really it, good. I mean, 101 million sales yeah. for the Wii is still probably the third or fourth best. Yeah, yeah it's the fourth best-selling yeah. console in the world. And, mm. and the Wii so. came out during the PlayStation 3 era, so it was still like dominant in sales yeah. compared to yeah, that's true. the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, I believe. Yeah. yeah, and if you consider how much money Sony lost on the initial PlayStation 3 SKUs, <laughs> uh, I think the Wii... Had with its more moderate hardware, they probably made some dollars. I think it was one of the first consoles in a long time that actually made money on each sale. So it's even more significant to then sell a lot because you know otherwise mm. you could sell a console for a dollar and you would sell a lot, but you'd also go bankrupt. So it was also kind of impressive that Nintendo actually got a console that was kind of innovative in its own way, but also made money. Mm. Yeah, cool. but PlayStation Two. Uh, I mean, it's still selling to this day. Really? It's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty impressive. Um, all right, next question. It was, I added that actually th as we were going through our origin story, uh, because I thought it was a good counterpart to the previous question. So now, um, Dreamcast sales. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, so Adam knows at least one person now, which is more than before, who bought one. Um, 
So Dreamcast, lifetime sales worldwide. A, 14.21 million. B, 29.92 million. C, 9.13 million. D, 2.57 million. Can you say A and B? Again? A, 14.21 million. B, 29.92 million. Again, in contrast to, let's say, the Wii at 100 million. E, only Kai. <laughs> What was C and D? C, 9.13 million, and D, 2.57 million. C. These are just randomly made up numbers. <laughs> I'm going to say D. Yeah, I thought about D too. All right. Mal is right so... with C, 9.13 okay, million. Good, good. Yes. So right, everyone Mal. in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, that's the population <laughs> of Sweden. Mm. Um, so now our score is uh, two for Malin, three for Adam. Was so, that the last question? Nope. Ooh. Oh, there is <gasps> one more question and then the potential tiebreaker. Oh, so, so you better get still this be in this. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So now we're kind of done with the sales portion of this uh, of this quiz. Mm -hmm. Going into a uh, bit more retro gaming, the original Pac-Man game in particular. Uh, what yes. was the size Ooh. of the original game ROM for the the Pac-Man game in 1980? A twenty four kilobytes. <laughs> B, 8 kilobyte. C, 32. Or D, 4. I'm sort of waiting The original Pac-Man, 1980. A, well, 24 kilobytes. B, 8. C, 32. D, 4. Malin, since I'm ahead, would you prefer me to uh, guess first? Or know. for you to take the first guess? It doesn't matter. What is this collaborative competitive <laughs> gaming? We're not doing this. Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, I, I feel like uh, it's. I'll do you the courtesy of... Because uh, I, I do have a, have a guess, but I <laughs> then would feel bad if I'm right and I, I stole the right answer from you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If, if ro <laughs> roles are reversed and I'm in answering this question, I'll try to crush whoever I'm against. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no... Um You can guess. It doesn't matter. You guess first. If you, I'm just gonna throw a guess out there, so you can go first. Like I don't really okay. know. So this is this is a guess. I actually don't know the answer, but um, it's just based on my knowledge of in general mm -hmm. game ROM sizes around that time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess um, B 8K. Okay, then I'm gonna go with D 4K. <laughs> Damn it, I didn't plan for none of you getting it. Oh, really? <laughs> ah. Okay, right. then, wait. Considering that there's still two left. Yeah. What? All right. Okay. Pick between uh, A24 or C32 now. Ah, that's like a 50% chance. This makes it so much harder. Uh, A. All right. Mullen um, won yeah. this in second effort. It is a 24K. <laughs> that, is, that is interesting. It I, feels I, bigger than I, I expected. I feel like I knew home game console rom sizes which were more like the 2k 4k mm -hmm. 8k mm -hmm. uh level but i actually didn't i and i knew arcade games were more uh powerful but i mm. didn't know that they uh, had that those big of roms i know <laughs> i was surprised too i mean it you know they had bigger levels uh, sound was better mm. pac-man yeah. had one level repeated over and over and over <laughs> oh really it's That's it. it yeah. Well, it got it got faster, and the the patterns yeah. changed, and and you got a different fruit. But, yeah. uh, you know all those fruit assets. It took up some case. <laughs> all right, so yeah, that's, anyway. with this weird last of the normal rounds, we're now Ooh. tied. Ooh. So the, the good team effort. The the tiebreaker is different 
Different game style, a bit different. Uh, it's a speed round. Ooh, what? With Ugh. only one answer. Mm-hmm. I give no you the mercy. question, <laughs> and you start oh, this will be fun. saying it directly. Okay. It, it won't be that fun. I, I didn't <laughs> think it would come to this point. Uh, you just say the answer as soon as you know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And whoever se- completes the answer, not started, but completely, so you can talk over each other. Whoever completes the answer first... That's what's locked in. Okay. This and if that's wrong, mm-hmm. the other person automatically wins. All right. So the question is, what is the Konami code? What the heck? There's nothing happening. <laughs> well, I wanna, I'm, I'm running it through in my head. I have no idea. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, do I win then? <laughs> you still have to make it. Because if I, if I, because I think I know what it is, which I think should win over not knowing at all. But if I get it slightly wrong, yeah, then so if I you lose. Get them, all right. Considering that Marlin decided to withdraw, no, I'm not withdrawing. I just don't know. Yeah, so it's essentially withdraw. So, if, <laughs> so it, what happens if it's a standoff and neither one of us want to commit? <laughs> so then, then I guess the breaker is getting the most rights. Okay. So Adam. <laughs> Is this the I I I I the thing is I'm not even sure I didn't I'm not even 100 sure this is the thing that's called the Konami code. All right, but give it a shot. Up up down down left right left right B A start. All right, don't worry about the start. Yes, it's up up down okay. down left right left right B A. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not remember that that's called the Konami code. I know what you're referring to. I didn't know the name of. It. All right, so Adam won the first quiz. Woo! Good Woo-hoo! job, Adam. Insert fanfare here. Do you know why it is B A and not A B in the end? Why it's B A? Mm. No, I don't. It's it it's interesting. It's the uh, Western and you know the Japanese and Western button confirm layout. Oh related. yeah. How in in the Japanese consoles you would have the rightmost button be the A or the confirm button, and the one next to it is the uh, cancel or back button. Mm-hmm. You know, if you played ever uh, any of the, let's for, for example, Metal Gear Solid was a Japanese game for the PlayStation Two, uh, PlayStation One. So in the menus, you would actually have to use the circle button, which is the rightmost button, uh, to confirm in the menu, and the the cross button or X button would get you back in the menu. Because in the in the Japanese style, they used the circle as a yep, that's the one I want, and the X one is the nope, I want to go back. And that makes and, so much in, sense. The X should be a cancel. Yeah, in in the I mean there's there's a bit contention of how that happened. Western style X is confirmed, circle mm. is back. So in the in Japan the circle is what you would get in like a test, for example, for something is okay, it's correct. Mm. So it would make mm. circles to show right you're you're good with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. While in there's a lot of debate. I tried to research this before. Um, in the Western they, uh, world, they decided that the X is closer to like a target. So this is the one you target and you want to hit. Yeah, so it's I like you confirm to your target. Um, funny thing about that is I bought Metal Gear Solid and I actually returned the game because I thought the, the disc was broken <laughs> because I couldn't hit the new, new game button. I couldn't Aww. start the game. I, I marked new game, <laughs> had it, X, and it wouldn't work. Oh this was a while ago, right? <laughs> okay. No, that was It yesterday. wasn't yesterday, no. Just want to get this, have a disclaimer here that you know. Yeah. So I, I had a PlayStation 2 and that was compatible with PlayStation 1 games. So I thought either it's a compatibility issue where the controller wouldn't work properly yeah. or the game was broken. So I actually returned it until I had a friend telling me, no, it's, it's Circle to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, kind of silly in hindsight, but yeah. 
Shouldn't have admitted that publicly. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> cool. Well, let's talk about a game that we all like. Mm. Yeah. So this is our video game of the month, I guess. We can... <laughs> I don't know. Um, Not to be confused with a video game that actually was released this month <laughs> or even <laughs> even remotely uh, recently. No, that, that's true. Okay, so I guess just for listeners, what we have done is that we decided on a game that we all like and we decided to either replay it or ref- have a refresh- refreshment on it and then talk about it. So for this month, I think we, or for this episode, we all decided to play, uh, to talk about Portal. And Portal 2. And Portal 2, because this feels like a game that I think we never got into that today but we were talking about what type of games we're enjoying um a bit of of the recording which i think we want to talk about more in the next episode about but i think portal is just a game that sort of fits the style of game that we all really enjoy and it's also a game that relatively it's relatively old so hopefully most listeners have played it if you haven't played it please go ahead and play it because i don't want to spoil it for people even if you think you want you, you, you won't play it. At least try it out and see if it's for you before. And as a general warning, because we're all, all of us are relatively sens- uh, spoiler sensitive, whenever we get into the game, we first talk for about a minute about what the game will be and what what kind of concept if, is, if it has an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Then we have some kind of uh, spoiler warning and then we actually talk about games, maybe even spoiling the very end of a game. But we won't do yep. that in the first minute or so to give everyone an idea of what what, I, what are those three people going to talk about and do I want to <laughs> now immediately pause the podcast, play play all of the games in which I will not uh, I will not say how long they are too because I consider that a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, spend however many hours you decide to spend on those games and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. So please, please go play Portal if you haven't already. Mm. Yeah. Without listening to us, just we can say for sure that we all think you should, everyone should play it. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, if you are still not convinced, uh, Portal is a game. It's a puzzle game, a first person puzzle game um, where you have to make your way through different levels, uh, basically. With it's portals. With portals. I, I assume that's not a spoiler since it's in the name. Uh, and on the cover. And on the cover. Um and yeah, that's pretty much all I want to say about it. Um, you are sort of in this experimental facility, and you have to make it through different levels. Mm. It's a really cool, cool game. So go and play it. And now I think we will blow a spoiler horn or something, make some sound effect. Something in the edit process is gonna indicate that this is the spoiler section. <laughs> Anyways, what do you guys think about those games? Um, did you play Adam? Socks. Did you play both? <laughs> <laughs> Did you play both Portal One and Portal Two? Um, I I replayed Portal and I replayed. I'm probably two hours away from finishing Portal Two. I tried to stay up last night and I okay. figured uh, I didn't want to. But you did play sleep. before, right? Oh, but I played it yeah. before. So right. this okay. is a, a more recent replay that I've okay. done in this past week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, because I often felt when I was playing, I was playing Portal Two very recently, and I often felt like I was almost two ways. To the end, but it just kept on going. Um, it just felt like a game that had a lot of false... It gave me false ideas of that the game was ending at a lot of points. Mm. Yeah. It's it's kind of... Uh, th- Three ga- three ca- yeah, not yeah. three main chapters, but each one seems like this is the game. Yeah, and yeah. Nope, there's, no. there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 
overall, like I'm, I, I love those games. I don't want, I don't have much negative to say about them. So, um, just conceptually, right? If when you play Portal, like the first Portal for the first time, mm. and you shoot your Portal and you walk through it, I was sold. Like there, there was yeah. not much the game could have done wrong at that point. Yeah. And and it got better than I thought it would. But just that concept for me just completely aligned with how I enjoy puzzle games to work mm-hmm. because it it felt both understandable and logical, but still it heated up your brain to figure out solutions. Like I know, it, it yeah. Still, you were still feeling it was a fascinating mechanic. I think it feels quite obvious now in hindsight, but that type of game mechanic of moving around. Using the portals is really sort of innovative. Or it's, but it's, it's just also, special. It's, oh, yeah. it's super challenging initially, yeah. right? Initially, you're, it takes you forever, and you don't see obvious uh, solutions to to puzzles. Yeah, it's yeah. like it takes a while to learn, and then you're getting good at it, and then it's just you feel like this is how you, you should navigate yeah, the world. This is like this is how I always should walk. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want my own real portal gun. <laughs> but it really did that, and I think that's like often um, jump and run games really do that well, like. They initially you kind of struggle, but the controls are so tight and and the the mechanics are so consistent that at some point you just it looks like you're you're the most capable character. Yeah. Like it, you just fly through levels, you make jumps that look really hard, but you know exactly what the jump distance yeah. of your character is. And I feel like Portal nailed that in a in a like in a first person. You know, there are jump segments, but they're more around like using the portals in the right places. Yeah. But it just I feel like you at some point it becomes second nature to control yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to jump too much ahead to Portal 2. We will definitely talk more about Portal 1. But I felt especially that way in the second and third segment of Portal 2, when you actually go to areas that you weren't supposed to be at. You really have to. There's nothing, there's no, like, puzzle actually outlined for you. So you don't actually have, like, it's a lot less direct. Um, like, you don't know as much of how you should get somewhere. You don't. You sort of have to figure out how to use the material you have and how to use, like, the previous knowledge you have from how levels are working in order to figure out how to progress. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was really, like, if you don't have the... the f- they could not have done... I would not have enjoyed that part of the game if I would only jump into that game directly. The fact that I have played to, through Portal 1 and the first part of Portal 2 really makes me able to navigate through that world very easily, like second nature. And it just But it's also, like, like, from a game design perspective, something Portal 2 really nailed mm, to mm. get you into, like, a... They definitely set up their... They seem to be more... Um, st- story based right just the yeah. way you, you you're in this box and you're like what's going on here and then there's a character that actually talks to you and it's not glados it it, it just sets the scene for a game that will be more story based than the previous ones mm. but then after the kind of that sequence you just dropped into what is essentially the first chamber again right so mm. they both kind of yeah. set the scene really well of all right i expect something different here but also brings you back to the familiar elements and essentially it does a refresher for people who've played portal one right just mm-hmm. refresh how do how do those uh, boxes work yeah, how do yeah. buttons work how do portals work like very slowly almost slower than than the first portal yeah i feel like it was easing you in a lot more where you're like first first few levels you don't even have a portal gun right mm. um and so they kind of pick up people who needed a refresher after playing portal one long time ago but also getting new players into it and i thought i really liked the, the intro sequence yep. and yep. how to get people in but portal one uh 
we should have started uh, uh-huh. the the non the, the spoiler segment where the cake is a lie. <laughs> it should have been the very first thing we should have said after we hit spoiler horn. What a yes, disappointment! Exactly. That, is, that is the all of us. major spoiler. Spoiler. That's yeah. the biggest spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but also something that became such a thing outside of the game itself. I you know, know. that's yeah. kind of how you see when when a game is super successful. It it is a good game. It's a fun game, mm. but it also created this kind of outside of the game. Uh, um, reference to it then still no one wants to spoil it because someone who knows that reference cares enough about the game to not want to spoil you from that mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah but it's also it's not like a part of the it's not it's not a key part of the game at all in any sense it's just an inside joke within within the game and like i think if you are passionate about the game you will appreciate seeing the cake is alive all over the internet after playing this <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, it kind of shows you who who's in the know and who isn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If if people don't, haven't played the game, it's not really spoiling it if they have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Mm. Yeah, but that, that, I think that I don't know if that was deliberate, but it definitely made it more special that it was something you could just throw out. Cake's a lie. Seems like a sentence. It's grammatically <laughs> makes sense, right? <laughs> but it has it, it doesn't have any impact on you if you hear it without knowing what it's about, and I think yeah. that's. If that was delivered, that was that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking a lot about I, I did most of my thinking about Portal One in kind of preparation yeah, of okay. this, and, uh, and uh, uh, I kind I kind of have a I guess a, an opening set of thoughts uh, that I <laughs> yeah. wanted to express that kind of maybe we can opening use as a set of thoughts. Twelve minutes open. in, <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Um, well, I, I think I've expressed this to you two before, like. I consider Portable one of one of the most perfect games mm-hmm. ever made. And that doesn't mean it's like the best game or it's even my favorite game, even though it is one of my favorite games. And I do think it's one of the best games. But when I say perfect, I, I think mean, I agree with you. You know, like mm-hmm. there's so many other games I like, but that if you could still say, ah, but maybe it was a little too long or mm-hmm. I really, really yeah, liked yeah, it, yeah. but mm-hmm. the yeah. voice acting wasn't that good. Or there's yep. always some little nitpicks and Portal's the game that I play that... Look, if you really want to nitpick, you can probably find some things. But, but it's hard. But in it's general, I, I try to. Because I feel Malin, like they just nailed everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was talking to Malin earlier, uh, we tried to not talk about Portal before now, uh, for yeah. obvious reasons. But um, we were kind of talking about that, like, the end kind of felt a bit dragged out in Portal 2. Like, it just felt, like, a bit unsatisfying. Do you think you, you, you reach the end, and then they yeah. throw you into something that feels like a start again? You know, yeah. it's it, not that a game isn't good as a result of that, mm. but it felt like a bit like, uh, I thought I, I made it. And yeah, Portal- but I think, yeah, I think Portal 1 was very nice length and like getting up to the, it's really the amount of time you get to like build up to realize that GLaDOS was actually evil. It was like perfect balance. Yeah. Like you didn't feel bad in the end of like destroying destroying GLaDOS in any way. Whereas in the beginning I would feel pretty sentimental and it's like, oh this this fun robot. But then I but think the story perfect, was really right? you start to get yeah. more and more suspicious of the yeah. thing just before you kind of have to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You, you know, yep. it's such a the pacing is perfect. The the mechanics I don't think I've had a single like in even even comparing a near perfect game to a extremely good game with Portal and Portal 2. Mm-hmm. Portal 2, I had small bugs where I got stuck somewhere. Like mm. I just ha- that happened once because they did it more things with the physics engine. So it was one place where I was just 
stuck like halfway in a wall, halfway in a box. Really? Yeah, it was a bit annoying. <laughs> uh, uh, it, like hitting the jump button like a hundred times got me out of it in the end. Mm. But like Portal, I, I didn't encounter a single issue, not a single bug. It was just from multiple playthroughs I've had with that game. And watching Marlin, I, I, I tried to get Marlin to play the game. And mm-hmm. I wanted to just like, yeah. walk away, but I couldn't. Yeah. I, I watched Marlin play the entire game. And yeah. I usually can't yeah. stand watching people play games. Uh, but it's fun. It's because you want, you want to kind of re-experience it, but you also, yeah. it's also kind of maybe fun to watch someone else experience yeah, it for the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just, yeah, I, I can't, I, even if I would try, I can't think of anything I didn't, that would actually be criticizable in Portal, in the first Portal. Like, even the way they're, like, showing you where portals can go and where they can't. You know, you, you mm. start to get a feeling of, like, which materials accept portals and which ones not. Not that it makes a lot of logical sense. You just know which textures yep. allow and which don't. And yep. it just becomes yep. natural. And it's such a... It's way better than having a game that shows you, like, big big banners of, like, you can't have a portal here. Yeah, they yeah. Just... Same with the, uh, like, when they when they have some barriers where you can't bring portals. So mm. if you make a portal in one room, one part of the stage, and then you have to progress to the other part, then you can't bring the portals with you. And that is just very clear, the way you do that. And it's it's not yeah. really... Yeah, it, it just felt like you say they don't have to have a big error, a big sign saying don't bring a portal here or anything. It's very clear. Yeah, that yeah. is essentially a thing I really enjoy in video games. Video games, you can make mistakes mm. and you don't have immediate lifelong consequences. As yeah, yeah. That. So they force yeah. you and encourage you to experiment and learn based on those experiments you're doing and mm-hmm. i feel like portal the entire game is explained through those mechanisms yeah you know th- you, that's you, something you don't learn that those barriers do something by like a text wall that pops up you try to make a portal and then it disappears and you're like wait what yeah. happened and then you try it again you you get the concept or you try to pay, pick your companion cube and walk through one of those those yeah. barriers and it just disappears and you're like oh and one thing <laughs> that i think is one thing that I think is really helping for that is that there are no, like you say, there are no negative consequences if you do it wrong. If you think that a portal will stay and you walk through a barrier and then you notice that your portal is gone, you can walk back. You don't have to restart the whole level. Whereas I think some other games, you you can feel the pressure that you need to make it perfect from the start, and otherwise that will make it harder for you in the like in the long term, or you will have to restart the level in order for it to work. But I even think what I appreciate is that in the longer some of the longer chambers, when it's sort of like multi levels within the chambers, um, if you die, you don't have to do everything again. Mm. It's it's more about like. If you if you already solved like half of the puzzle, you can continue mm. on to the next one. And I think that is I didn't die often in the game, but I think sometimes you do have those slingshots that just like shoot you shoot you across somewhere. And I felt <laughs> very comfortable in Portal to just experiment and see, okay, where does this slingshot lead me? And what happens if I don't if I don't hit a specific like section of the game? And yeah, then, it's a good like, life skill could... to learn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just felt like it was very fine. Like I didn't have any direct consequences to experiment with those things sure like it felt a bit bad to just throw my character into like i don't Wall? know what the water is no like yeah. sometimes you just fall into the, this poisonous water yeah. which is not great but <laughs> at least like I, I think it still allows you to experiment with those things yeah yeah absolutely no the, the level design is is superb it really is uh you know, if, if you if you replay it and think about every level, especially the beginning, it teaches you. It's designed. It's designed to teach mm-hmm. you yeah. one specific 
new thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it doesn't do it by telling it to you or having a, a you know there's the there's the little safety signs that kind of give you little hints as to how things work but yeah. in general uh even even the 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 first so-called it's not even the level when you're leaving your your initial chamber mm-hmm. you know the whole point of that is it it opens up a portal just yeah. for the purposes of forcing you to see that you're leaving the portal like mm-hmm. it, they're 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 aligned in a way to to to, to make it clear what's happening mm-hmm. that you're not just walking into some other weird world but that it's mm. you know uh and and everything everything just kind of builds up on from there it's mm. really really and cool. it also doesn't feel like a tutorial it feels like you're yeah. playing the game and it's actually even even the single portal part is challenging in the beginning if you're not exposed to it first yep. right yep. it's such a good combination of both challenging you with simple tasks just because they're so different from other tasks you've done in your life yeah. that it's still challenging and and fun to go through those it's mm. it doesn't feel like a game that starts off with a tutorial sequence and you're like yeah i know i, I can jump yeah, move on yeah, it's yeah. like I, I figure out i know how that works and if not like as soon as i need to i will figure it out right yeah it, it doesn't treat you like you've never held a controller or a mouse and keyboard in your hand before mm. and even in portal 2 they do have a little bit of a mm-hmm. tutorial um when uh, weeks weeks be weekly weekly when weekly is coming into your room and says like oh um let's just do go through like the security check to make sure that you're not having a concussion or or whatever he says <laughs> and then then he asks you to do something and that results in you jumping and that was not so what he told you to do brain damage yeah so he concludes that you have brain damage but i think that is a tutorial in itself but it's very jokingly done like i figured out how to jump from that but it wasn't because he told me to jump it was because he told me to do something else and i think <laughs> that that's also a good way of doing tutorials in general i always found tutorial i'm often frustrated i mean as a mobile developer i'm often frustrated about how many tutorials and there indie are game developer <laughs> i'm often frustrated about how many tutorials there are in very trivial scenarios like let me just use this app i don't want to read all this text but i feel like i'm always very appreciative when a game is not having a tutorial that feels like a tutorial it's just part of the game and yeah that's great well and and and, and putting it ha- having the first the first half of the original portal which uh, you know has this 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 idea of of you being a test subject in a variety of test chambers mm-hmm. it even you know, works into the narrative of the game, right? Because mm-hmm. of course, if you were really having it test chambers with test subjects, you would start with something simple yep. and you mm. would build up the tests. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, I don't know whether they came up with that idea and that just happened to work well for gaming tutorial type of design or whether they, which, which, which thing directed the other, but it just works really well together. I, I saw an interview where, where the developers just talk about how after they kind of got the concept, everything just started flowing. Like they felt like yeah. they were onto something and then everything just felt like it came together. Like a lot of decisions at that point, because of all the like main concepts being, being right, just kind of w- seemed like the obvious thing to do next. Yeah, and it was, yeah. and it feels that way, right? It, it really feels like it is interesting how that game is kind of so around the, the main premises and the main concept, and the entire game is kind of building itself around that. Yeah, yeah, and it's impressive yeah. that it's it it feels like it sucks all those interesting elements into it based on its premise and its and its concept. Mm. One thing I want to talk about is you know back to the the cake is a lie concept mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that, that, that is a twist, you know, that mm-hmm. happens halfway through the game. And you can really think of the game as the first half, which is test chambers. Mm-hmm. And the second half as, you know, you're roaming around behind the scenes trying to escape, mm-hmm. for lack of a better, uh, even though at the time you don't really know what you're doing. You just know you're trying to n- not yep. die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, because I think we're so used to, puzzle games and it's pretty obvious right away that this is a puzzle game and you play it we're mm-hmm. used to puzzle mm-hmm. games essentially being like a series of test mm-hmm. chambers right we're, we're, we 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 don't mm-hmm. even question that yeah. we don't even think there needs to be a narrative yeah. we just yeah. think yeah. oh you know of course this game has set up this this bs semi fabrication of something just to kind of have an excuse to 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 come up with puzzles and that's and that's yeah. kind of what we expect and that's that's what makes the twist so surprising and so awesome is right mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. the game had just been nothing but test chambers maybe twice as many of them it still would have been an awesome game this still would have been yeah. a very satisfying yeah. like they did cool puzzles and portals are fun and i it was fun to learn how to use them <laughs> but the fact that it's almost like halfway through the game acknowledges like oh wait you know this this we're acknowledging this was sort of a, a, a puzzle game of, of sense, but now you're, you're you're broken free of that, and and you're allowed to kind of obviously use your puzzle solving skills. Obviously, the rest of the levels are still designed like puzzles, but it's it's mm. it's less blatant, and that's that's one of my favorite favorite things about this game is it it's the fact that you never see the twist coming because uh, at least in my mm-hmm. mind the best twists are the ones where you wouldn't even guess yeah. that there would be a twist that it's yeah. perfectly natural for the game just to go on like it like it was and mm-hmm. and the fact that the game would have still been awesome even without the twist but the whole the whole twist and then uh with glados being funnier and her personality being more homicidal mm-hmm. it just becomes like you know <laughs> you don't even realize it's like you're in a game that has a narrative but in the first half you don't even realize it's a narrative based yeah. game you just think yeah, it's like one yeah, of those yeah. oh the arbitrary level after arbitrary level and suddenly you realize mm. wait a minute i'm in a story i'm not i'm not yeah. you know, just some person x doing uh you know a bunch of random tutorials or yeah, random yeah. uh yeah. tests you know and that's but also the contrast right the test chambers they're all super sterile and clean mm. and then at at the second act all of a sudden you're behind the scenes and you yeah. feel a lot yeah. more of the kind of rusty disturbing and, and yeah. rusty <laughs> part it's it's also such because the twist is not you know the twist is like 180 it's like a completely yeah. different world all of yeah. a sudden it's not that sterile and there you see all those weird hints all of a sudden in between tiles and like people yeah. that seem to have been there before you and you're yeah. trying to yeah yeah like, i spent so much time looking at walls and the detail yeah. on yeah. walls and try to read what, what was like what someone seemed to have scribbled into the wall like that alone it's just like you didn't expect that at all when you start the game that all of a sudden yeah. you look at like kind of disturbing behind like it looks like a dodgy alley style yeah uh, like yeah. i'm almost like the first time i played it and i didn't know much about the game like i expected to almost find find like a dead body somewhere because like it was so creepy <laughs> all of a sudden and like you sort of saw all the scripts that people were writing but there was no people around and mm. like now I know that it's not like it, it. Now when I played through the game, I know that that's not really what like it's not the type of game. It's not a creepy game in that way, but it's like on the edge of being like a little bit suspicious that you think there's going to be corpses. But it's also it, it made you like completely reevaluate. All right, I was completely falling for this first thing. Yeah. So what's going on here, really? Yeah. You yeah know? I was going to yeah. say that I feel like the fact that it's so sterile almost could make you not listen to what GLaDOS has been saying. Like, it's just like this voice in the background that tells you, like that helps you a little bit if you feel like you don't get the concept. Mm -hmm. But I think like, 
this is the type of game that I could potentially have played without having the volume high enough to hear what GLaDOS is saying. But I think Kai was specifically like telling me that I need to listen to what yeah, she's saying. Yeah, yeah. But I think you really, once you start finding all those scripts, you really start to think back like, wait, what has she been saying? And like really <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah. think about like, is she evil? What has happened? Like what is actually going on? And, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the twist is surprising, but it's also in a certain way, not surprising. Mm-hmm. Once you think back to, because because I just thought, oh, GLaDOS is saying these kind of slightly more menacing things, but that's just the game's humor. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. kind of dry, sarcastic uh, robot who doesn't care about human life. Ha yeah, ha, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you don't but, really yeah, get it. But there's a lot more it, to it. Yeah. 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 No, I think I, I really like it. I really like the balance. I really like the story. I like that it's more of a story than I ever expected. Um yeah, I'm and sort it's of nice sad. And short. It, it's it, it's easy to recommend to people because yeah, you can just say, yeah. "Look, you're not you're not committing to this twenty five yeah. hour uh, thing." Yeah, I am a bit. I think it's unfortunate that I fit like I finished Portal Two quite recently, and I sort of been holding off on it and know like, okay, I still have Portal Two, and now yeah, I'm done oh, with that. No more Portal. I know, and now I know the story. Um, Valve Valve just started releasing games again. I so know. We might I be. know. Yeah. Now we need a gaming um, a VR console. I mean, I'm not talking about Half Life Alex. I'm just saying now they're in this mindset again of maybe. making <laughs> cool stuff in in the Half Life and maybe. Portal universe. So maybe. Yeah. We, we've talked about how perfect Portal is. So, what what do we think about Portal Two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, or maybe start with how how worried were you whether or not Portal Two was going to be any good before you played it? Uh, I was actually not too worried because after I played the first few minutes, I was like, "All right, this seems different and mm. more." I like that they added another character that was also likable and and fun to like. I, I, when you go through the first few parts with Wheatley, I was like, "Hey, this is fun." I I hope Wheatley will be there throughout the entire journey. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then I was you kind so of being missing. separated for a while. I'm like, hmm, this game was more fun with Wheatley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that they added Wheatley did really add to the elements. Like it because some of the chambers are almost a little bit like a repeat. Like I say, sort of feels like. Um, they're teaching you how to play the game again in the beginning. And that could be a bit boring, especially if you played Portal 1 very recently. Um, but I think the fact that Wheatley is there really helps with that. Um, the thing, overall, I like it. I think Portal 1 is definitely still my favorite. and But I don't think it's... like It was definitely not a mistake to make Portal 2. I think it was really a satisfying game to play. But what I felt was... <laughs> I really felt don't like, want to answer the question if you were worried. No, no. Like, I enjoyed... I enjoyed the length of the game, but it felt like it was a bit like, okay, now I'm done. No. Okay, now I'm done. No. And then like it was like this yeah. three-step process to actually finally maybe defeat someone. And uh, I don't know why that's unsatisfying to me. Maybe it was just that it was like each segment was a little bit too long, but it felt like I always worked myself up to something and then I got pushed down again, almost. like It's, it's this twist that just makes me having to sort of redo the whole thing it's just one other thing to fight against were you worried worried no adam um well anytime a sequel to something that you hold near and dear to your heart is announced even whether it be a movie or a book or a video game you know you do i it's natural to kind of feel like no just leave it alone go go Mm. build some other see i don't i don't really have maybe that's my my like my upbringing in the Nintendo universe. It's like everything <laughs> is a sequel to like yeah, the previous, yeah. you know, every Mario game is awesome. I don't, I can't think of a lot that weren't. Every Zelda game is amazing, you know? So I feel like I, I'm... I w- that's fair. That's in, fair. In games, I didn't really come from a, 
like I think you're more into movies than I am, and I think in movies mm-hmm. that happens a lot more, where the sequel is more disappointing. Um, in games, at least through the path that I took, the 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 path I I choose through my video game journey was always exciting to have a new one. I didn't yeah. really have that concept of I should be worried that Portal Two won't be good as well. Well, maybe it was a couple of things that you know. It's it's. One, maybe a feeling of not wanting Portal to become another giant, big-budget franchise of <laughs> excess, you know, where you just kind of roll your eyes and, have, here's this 60-hour version of, of Portal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and also... Uh, it's your contrarian mindset that's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't worried, worried, but it was just that, you know, you're oh, they're making Portal 2? Well, what's that going to be about, you know? And, oh, there's a... You know, I, like, it had been announced there's this new character, Wheatley, and you're like, what, a new character? Like, no, we already have our funny <laughs> robot character. We don't need another one. How how could that... How could that, someone else possibly be as, as mm-hmm. interesting or as, or as funny? And so it was... So I didn't know uh, anything about Portal 2 when I got into it. Like, I, ah, okay. the first mm-hmm. thing I knew about Portal was... Portal 2 was I'm I'm in a room somehow and I didn't know anything and my first experience with Wheatley was seeing Wheatley and I was like he's mm-hmm. a bit delightful yeah, yeah. I'm okay with this yeah I think the difference with I, I definitely understand that with TV shows or movies but I feel like the difference is that even if the story would feel dragged out I really enjoyed the gameplay of portal like i loved solving the puzzles and the mechanics of it so i think yeah the good thing is that with games there's always something else to it and just the story um but luckily i feel satisfied with it (laughs) (laughs) well what i mean if portal 2 had been say say it had just been the same kind of puzzles as portal 1 no new mechanics Mm -hmm. just kind of like more levels or whatever and they were good levels that might still be funny, might be happy with it, but it still might. I was worried that that would make me feel like Portal and Portal Two as a whole. Yeah, you know that it's that it's uh, just oh, it's mm. just a game. You know, you just think of it as a bunch of test chambers. You know, mm. that just kind of all all blur together, kind of thing. Yeah, because you yeah. probably play that way with other puzzle games where there really only should be. 20 levels but they've made like 60 mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like you know you're just gonna get bored and go you know am i ever gonna just get to the end mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know so but, I, not- but i did i did love portal 2 so i should make it clear like mm. i was worried but i was yeah, uh yeah. you know very happy with it i i've only played it 1.8 times i mm-hmm. still haven't finished it the second time mm. uh and this last time i i noticed more things that kind of were little things I can nitpick, you know, mm-hmm. okay. certainly. I, I think uh, what you guys are talking about, about it, uh, I think, Malin, when you talk about how it has kind of these three big chapters that seem like mm-hmm. they're kind of like the game and then mm-hmm. it kind of resets. I see why they did that. I, th- I think in some ways it's smart because if you yeah, just literally had, if, if, if you're going to make a game that's like a bigger game, that was mm-hmm. obviously from the beginning. We're going to make one that's, I think it has twice as much playtime, roughly mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. or three times. You really just don't want two or three times more time of the, of the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, having, uh, if, if you kind of consider the first chapter kind of like, you know, trying to kind of initially, you know, escape without waking up, uh, Gladys mm-hmm. and then you accidentally do. And then, um, you know, the, the second chapter being you're sent down to the, the, bottom of the aperture science salt mines uh which which is cool because and that's where they kind of introduce new mechanics with mm. the with the different colored mm. goo and also it's kind of a way of like 
telling a little more story about the history of aperture science, which yeah, is interesting yeah, yeah. kind of from a narrative perspective. Uh, but that, that part, I think that second part kind of felt a little draggy to me the second time I played it. It felt okay. a little like, okay, you're just kind of delaying me to get back up to closer to the the surface uh, yeah, where yeah. I can do more test chambers. Yeah, and maybe that's, that's cuz yeah. I'd already played it and I knew what was going to happen so I felt like oh this is the part that I have to get yeah. through to get to the next part. Yeah, it felt a lot to climb up through and then I guess I expected that like I was so, so I was so close to the surface I didn't think I would go through more ch- test chambers that were um, like up at the top. So I just expected it to be the two sections and then I would be yeah. out. And so, yeah. that, so I do get that background story and then, uh, then I'm, I'm done with it. But, but it was also fun time, to go back in time, right? Like, even yeah, if no, you that think, part, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I enjoyed that part. But then when we get back up to, um, <laughs> um, to Wheatley's, um, sections, that felt yeah. like it wasn't necessary. But then, his levels were really fun. Like they were just yeah. nonsensical. They were just really dumb. And I found that 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 section was also quite fun. And at least then you sort of get some closure on what actually happened to that. Whereas I assumed that as soon as I as soon as I defeated Glados again and she got into the potato, um I expected <laughs> to basically never see her again and then I just have to leave. Um but I guess it was also satisfying to actually do the final defeat and actually make sure that I'm getting out of there. So for me, the pacing issue was more around the old levels. Okay. Like, that's where I felt like, mm. I also somehow struggled the most. So I played Portal 2, I started Portal 2 on my first Portal 2 playthrough on the PlayStation 3 in the, mm-hmm. I think, the release of the orange box. And I struggled with those levels in the first playthrough. I, I wonder if it was controller-related, but I felt like somehow was was getting annoying. Okay. Um. So I kind of put it aside for a little bit. I was like, all right, maybe if I'm not playing for a while, then it feels fresh again. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, due to various reasons, I couldn't continue on the PlayStation. Um, partially them disconnecting the... Uh, a Steam connection with a PlayStation 3 and therefore cloud safe games not working. Um, so I replayed the whole game on, uh, uh, on, on PC or on a Mac, started on a Mac at least. Um, and then I didn't notice the same type of issues. So I wonder if it was more input related that it mm. felt like those levels required more like alignment, right? You needed, if you had the goo that made you faster, you had to align with a specific track, yeah, maybe yeah. shoot a, portal while you were in the air sometimes like those kind of things just felt very tedious on a console so i wonder if it was that but somehow in my mind it feels like that that part was the one that has had pacing issues mm. for me okay. as soon as i got back up and did the like you know you kind of it felt like uh like current time passed and you almost go into like a future time right yeah yeah uh yeah. and the future segment that was i I super enjoyed that one like that i didn't have i was just excited that that looked kind of cool interesting they added some other mechanics weekly was funny because he kind of went crazy yeah so that's what i mean like i uh, first i felt like ah i have to do this again but then when weekly came back Mm. i did enjoy that a lot so yeah I think overall very satisfying, but and, first and one was still one of the extra kickers also with Portal Two is co op. Co op oh, is yeah. a lot yeah. of fun. Ah, I've only played a little of the co op. Right. But, uh, yeah, that is. If, yeah. if you get a chance to play with someone, I think that is another highlight of that game. Mm. Yeah. Especially if you can play with someone you 
you have a really good relationship with, like someone that's that that is fine if you would say like criticize their their portal accuracy uh, at points or like it can be a lot of fun <laughs> because it is you have to sometimes work together you also accidentally kill each other every now and then so those kind of fun things mm. are just fun if you someone you you get along with really well not just a random person you that also want to play portal it's more fun if you so you're saying you're saying that killing and or criticizing your friends is more fun than doing so with a stranger <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, uh, how about we do some final thoughts on Portal and and uh, and and wrap up this segment? Then let you get dinner. Ah, uh, dinner. You know, other other things. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> All right, Malin, do you have any uh, anything that uh, didn't get mentioned that you wanted to bring up, or a kind of final summary? No, like I feel like I got everything across, and yeah, overall, I just I just really like this game. It just makes me. Like references to me to it makes always makes me happy. Like I say, if I hear the cake is alive anywhere, I'm like, ah, oh, I appreciate that. Mm. And I don't know. I just appreciate. <laughs> I mean, our vacuum cleaner is called a Glados. It's like a white, <laughs> white. Yeah. It's white plastic, but it's a it's a it's a um, robot vacuum cleaner. Mm. So it drives itself around. Mm. Um, yeah. Overall, a companion just, cube cookie jar. Yeah, it drives itself around. It it sets up uh, test chambers. <laughs> yeah. It tries to tries to kill you. You know. <laughs> The usual back. The usual, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I really, really like it, and I, yeah, I appreciate the humor behind that too. I think, I feel like I would get along well with the team behind it because yeah. they seem like fun people. Ga- games need more humor, I think, in general. Right? It's, I, yeah. I think people are afraid that it's going to turn the game into a whole other genre, like a comedy. And yeah. Portal's not really a comedy. It, it's, but it's still very, very funny, and it shows. Yeah. I think that it can, it can work in a game that. I won't say it's a super serious game, but it's also not, you know, it's not just some frivolous, mm. like mm. doing dumb, mm. stupid stuff type of game. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's drama comedies in general work really well, I think. Like, yeah. Life mm. is kind of drama comedy in a way, too, right? <laughs> mm. But like really good drama comedy movies just um, amplify both the drama part and the comedy part and somehow make it a really good combination. And I feel Portal nailed that, too. It's like it's not it's not a happy not the happiest world not the universe I wouldn't necessarily want to live in, but as a, <laughs> no, as a but game it's it's a super enjoyable combination. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of just uh, yeah that that part of the humor being in this miserable situation, mm. and <laughs> making fun of someone's potential brain damage. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just in a video game it's very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I really like it and yeah. Kai, any other final thoughts? The, those were i am i mean my final thoughts are only related to that i hope we despite me being very happy with portal one and portal two i still hope that we see another valve game in in the portal universe i haven't played the hand lab uh the vr uh portal universe experience mm, i would mm-hmm. like to do those there's also yeah. a portal bridge building um, oh, yeah. on ios if mm. anyone wants to have anything else in their portal universe <laughs> Right, and Adam, as as the winner of our first inaugural quiz, do you have any final words? Um, yes, I do. Um, I will just say one thing we haven't mentioned, which I'll just mention briefly: the uh, the ending credit song in Portal, which yeah. yep. as 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 a as a music and and, yep. and song nerd, I mean, that's just like the 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 game would have been perfect even if that didn't exist. But you get through this whole process, and you you feel good, and it, it, you had this great f- fun experience, and then that song kicks in, and yeah. it's just uh, it's just crazy how awesome that is. Generally, mm-hmm. Jonathan Colton highly recommended. Yep, yep, yep. 
Yeah, there, there are probably also another hundred things we we missed talking about Paul, because there's so many things that are really good about that game mm-hmm. that we d- I didn't even think about the music until now, and there are yeah, probably a hundred yeah. other ones that we missed. All right, cool. And also, as the winner of this uh, first quiz, you won the role as quizmaster for episode two. Ouch. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't know. Quiz- I didn't know. That's it. Well, or we should say whatever the game yeah. in the in-between segment is. We don't know if it's going to be a quiz. You're the master of some sort. <laughs> it... <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Great. Well, thanks, everyone. It was good, uh, it was good chatting. And, Likewise. Uh, we'll talk to you next time.